I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Dick Lee bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Packs, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. excited because we're getting back into kind of this this transition of leadership season within F3 Omaha a lot of shovel passes a lot of changes in leadership and that means for us on the gloom a lot of great men that we get to interview and so the guy we've got today uh, man I remember this guy giving a, a COT one time uh, that really hit home because he was talking about being sleep deprived uh, <laughs> and uh, but then he's also shared about um, mentoring his nephew uh, in kind of a space that that I hadn't heard of before, and has been a great leader uh, at the Trident, bringing us some new flavors of Namorama videos. And uh, so, anyway, uh, slick man, uh, you look good as always. The hair hair is looking good, and um, we were just happy to to have you. I wonder, um, just start us off with like the first uh, that first experience or workout, like. Who EH'd you? What was the first workout like? And then um, how did we name you Slick? It's probably the beautiful hair, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess just to start off too, uh, appreciate the space from you guys. I'm excited to go on this journey with you as my guides today. Um, I think that uh, I'll, I'll call it a fear portal that you guys offer for um, the Omaha packs of you know, we don't get to talk about we're, we're everyday guys that don't get to talk about ourselves so um there's a healthy amount of um, anxiousness and fear and you know all the things that go with it for the the interviewee i'm sure there's uh, flavors of that for you guys too um i know you're a bunch of episodes in now but i just want to thank you guys immensely for um the space that you're given the omaha the omaha guys here um yeah so 2019 november um, I'd say it was kind of a, a synchronistic thing that happened. So, um, I am brother-in-laws with, uh, Eric England, AKA pothole. Um, and it was right around Thanksgiving time. I had been looking for, um, I'm just trying to sign up for a gym. We, so my, my wife and I moved, uh, to Omaha in 2018, um, from Chicago. She's from here. We met in Chicago, moved back here. Um, but I had kind of, you know, fallen out of the gym experience for a while. I was trying to find a functional gym that was affordable, that wasn't overly priced. Um, and then all of a sudden, Pothole, uh, it was either Thanksgiving or the week before Thanksgiving. And he had told me that his wife actually sent him the article that had been posted, I think it was the previous summer, um, in the Omaha World Herald about F3. And he just went out, went out on his own, like the, the week before, um, no one EH'd him, just went out and uh, was telling me about it. And I was like, when's the next workout? This sounds great, this is perfect. Um, you know, the, the price is right up my alley and uh, the, the functional kind of outdoors aspect was what I was looking for, uh, or didn't know what I was looking for, but ended up, you know, being everything that it is. And so my first post was, uh, Oracle, you know, the, I feel like that's such a gateway for so many guys, the seven o'clock on a Saturday doesn't interfere with the work week. Um, any obligations that you have, or it can kind of be parked, you know, on an early morning Saturday. And, uh, it was no dose on the queue who, you know, I didn't know any of these, any of you guys yet. And, uh, it ended up being, um, he did a 300 workout or a Spartan workout, which we spent the entire time on the football field uh, running 100-yard sprints and doing, I think we ended up doing like 30 or 35 100-yard sprints uh, with, I think, exercises in between, maybe a walk-down, sprint-back type type dynamic. But uh, I was just telling this to, to Tater the other day. Um, I was walking up to the group, and again, kind of that, that fear of the unknown, wasn't sure what to expect. 
um, what kind of group of guys this was. And Tater actually, before I even made it to the group that was was uh, circled around, he intercepted me with that big smile and welcomed me in, asked my name, was glad to have you, welcome to F3. And I'm like, I'm in, this is, this is great. And, uh, you know, I think even the fact that he was, that he did that at that time says a lot about who he's always been. Um, but to kind of recognize a new guy um, before even coming into the group, I don't, I don't feel like that's, that's often uh, the experience for FNGs. Right. And so there's an automatic comfort that came with, um, you know, doing that workout that day. I remember halfway through the workout, I actually tweaked my hammy because I was trying to go too hard to prove myself, which, you know, says something about me trying to, to stand out when I hadn't done hundred yard sprints since high school, college, um, tweaked my hammy, ended up still, you know, being fine, could rest it and started coming out uh, more often. But I, I was pretty religious, uh, Oracle seven o'clock on Saturdays for probably about a month or two. Um, and that was right before, um, you know, COVID, COVID happened too. So um, that was kind of my, my main squeeze for a while. And then started adding in other, other AOs beyond that. Um, you know, I think paradise ended up being one where I really ventured out, um, went East cause we're out West, but to get back to kind of that day was in the group of guys, name Arama comes around. I get through the name, the age and the FNG, no problem. That was good. Um, but it was one of those, those namings that took an awkwardly long time to, to land on a name. Which if if you've ever been a part of those, whether you're the FNG or the you're the one that's part of the group naming or the or the the queue for that day, it can get it can get a little tense, right? Like you don't know what to expect. Um, you know, there's I think a lot of it plays off of the honesty from the FNG too of what kind of name you get. Um, a lot of my stuff I thought was pretty basic, you know, from Chicago and these sports teams. Um, I got a tattoo on my back, love pizza. And you had kind of all the different variations of what could come through, obviously there are no does just, just wouldn't bite. He just kept going, kept going. And I think at one point it was, you know, it was November. I, I just, I took off my hat because I was starting to feel uncomfortable. And he was like, Oh, there we go. Slick. Cause I was starting to grow my hair out right before we started having kids. And, uh, I was a, I was a clean cut, you know, one on the sides and uh, maybe a little bit longer on top sometimes, but I had just started growing out my hair that summer and yeah, that's how we landed on slick. I love it, man. I love it. And, and, you know, this is a perfect example of why we should video record these guys. Sometimes, you know, we have this saying that plague and I both have faces for radio. Like we could have done this live and I think the guys would have taken something from it. And I think slick just, just fits you great now with the hair and stuff like that. So that, that's great. Um, you know, I think you kind of hit on a, a, a good piece that I don't, not a lot of guys talk about in the first naming or getting the name for the FNG. It takes a lot to to get something from, from guys, right? It's, you're already kind of coming in and you're, you're trying to be as vulnerable and open as possible. But I mean, if you're around 20 or 30 guys, I mean, I don't even know what I would tell a stranger what I like about myself or what I like to do or my hobbies. Yeah. So I, I love that you highlighted that because I think that can be lost on guys. I know when I'm naming guys, I just pick the first name that I hear that I think is kind of funny. And yeah, I try and avoid that, but I, I do know that it happens. And it's, you know, you wound up with a name that I think just suits you perfect. And, and now your persona. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, yeah, there, there so, was a time where I was like, I can't cut my hair now because what am I if I'm not? <laughs> long hair slick right <laughs> right right so you know you, you you talked for a period of time about how you know you early going to your regular oracle guy um and then you started adding in some more flavor here and there at different sites what was it that kind of got you to make that jump okay it's not just oracle i'm looking to hit stuff during the week was it a scheduling thing where some stuff freed up or were you starting to buy more into what we were doing or what was it yeah that's a good question i uh, my progression was Oracle for a little bit. And then um, 
I, I kind of invited myself to second F cafeteria after that was kind of like the next hurdle I felt like of, okay, you know, I want to see what um, this is all about. And it was really there that it, it opened me up to thinking about, um, you know, other, other AOs, other workouts during the week, um, what that looked like, becoming more comfortable with guys, having other guys talk about different AOs and, you know, the, the type of experiences that are happening, happening there. Um, I was getting into running at that time too. And I, uh, I think it was, um, uh, Murph next and then paradise after that. Um, and it really ended up being kind of following the lead with some other folks that I was getting to know. And, um, I had you know, Gator and I talked, talked about this recently, but we joke around, like, um, everybody has a wait time story, right? Like, um, you, you kind of like have this moment where you're talking to the guy that, that created it. And I, it kind of all starts in the same place. Like, I didn't know who he was. It was at a cafeteria after Oracle. And, um, he told me about the free to lead book, which again, I had no idea that this was even part of it. And I think really that was the catalyst. Like, I, I think it was Oracle cafeteria free to lead. And then I was like, oh man, I am, I am all in on this. Like, this book was perfectly articulated for all of the emotions I was having for this point in my life. You know, everybody's different within that, but um, I was like, no one talks about this stuff. No one talks about the male, male relationships and the, and, you know, kind of the default that we fall into with that. But so then I started kind of going out to, um, you know, different flavors. And I think paradise specifically was something that was interesting to me because I started going there and then I started getting, you know, more vulnerable with the Q source that was happening there. And that was something that, you know, if I look back at the trajectory of my time with, uh, with Omaha F3, it was that Q source that really deepened my relationship with a lot of the packs um, in, in a different way, right? Like you don't have those, those kind of uh, vulnerable conversations, even out at, at beatdowns all the time. But I think the Q source that, uh, at paradise especially at that time had a really good mix of redwoods of of guys that had a lot of wisdom to to share and um yeah i just i kind of just cherished that that time during before expansion too where i was lucky enough to to get close with some of those guys you know plague included um and so yeah that's kind of that's kind of that progression for me Man, uh, it is cool to just kind of reflect back on like some of those things or those moments, you know, like, like there's a lot of moments. Um, I'm curious, you know, maybe, maybe to back up a, a little bit further, but um, it feels like like you just kind of who you are innately, right? You've maybe always been very reflective and um, like, like you're empathetic and, and so as you're coming into this group, I see you kind of intentionally taking steps to get to like, to join the group, right? You, you found this group, you noticed some things and then you like stepped in. Um, I don't know. Is that something, is that maybe just like who you are or are there some things that you um, like, were you really kind of stepping out into kind of this, you know, zone of, of discomfort to make those relationships because you were newer in the in town or like what was that like? Because I think a lot of guys like they see us going to coffee, but they're like, I got to get into work and answer emails or whatever, you know, but I, what, what was different for you, I guess? Yeah, you know, I think part of it has to do with, um, you know, being in a new town, not knowing any, anybody at all other than you know, what free, free to lead would say, you know, proximity relationships, work relationships, uh, husbands of wives, friends. And I think really that the book was like, what helped me get out of my comfort zone. I was like, okay, like if everybody is sharing kind of this mindset of, of being vulnerable and going out there, like I didn't have a, you know, um, pothole was, was kind of just religiously Saturdays at that time. So I was craving more and it, it really just became putting myself out there. And um, I think paradise was perfect for that because it kind of was the pre-run mindset of you can have more of a conversation during the beatdown when you're not, you know, cadencing or moving from one thing to the other. So I think it kind of allowed me to 
start asking questions to guys more specifically outside of um, these secretive pre-runs beforehand that no one used to post about before. I was like, wait, there's guys coming in before the workout starts. Like what's happening here? Um, but yeah, so I think, I think innately I, I am that way. I, I have to say though, like I'm, I'm not someone who is really good at creating relationships. Like it's always been a struggle for me. It's always been uh, very hard for me, especially with men to just develop friendships. Um, I feel like, you know, I get in my own way or I get in my own head about it. And so I think what F3 does just so great is it offers this like um, practice arena for you to kind of explore who you are and who you want to be with no judgment, right? Like you don't get spaces like that as a man uh, in most environments, you know, you're expected to perform, you're expected to live up to this, these archetypes that, that we are. And, um, you know, I, when I talk to any FNGs, I'm like, you know, this, this is a judgment-free zone, truly. You can, you can say anything, you can talk about anything, you can ask any questions and, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, what, what's said here stays here. Yeah. Well said. And just to kind of rehash something you said and to remind you and other FNGs to give yourself some grace, it is hard to, as like just men in general, to find time to create lasting relationships within the community, especially if you've got a family that you're taking care of, you've got a job, you know, how much time would you even have in a given week to say, okay, I'm going to go out to, where am I going to go? Am I going to go to my church? Am I going to go to a bar? Am I going to go, who am I going to go and try and make friends with? And again, to your point, you know, like F3 is a small period of time, but it does kind of accelerate and give you that opportunity to say, hey, judgment-free zone. And guess what? All these guys are kind of coming in with the same thoughts that I'm having, or at least some similarities, right? I mean, we've all got to have something in common to decide, hey, 530, we're all going to go work out at the same time. So yeah. I love that you said that. You know, curious about the timing of when you started and like building relationships. I mean, where were you at when the pandemic hit? Had you started already? Had you not? How did that affect kind of this acceleration or, or opportunity to kind of get connected? Maybe you can touch on that that area. Yeah, uh, man, it was uh, as, as life goes, right? Like uh, you're starting to get into this rhythm, this momentum. Um, uh, I had started losing weight, you know, I, I, at one point in my life, you know, at least like 10 years ago, I was 60 pounds heavier than I am and kind of found things that worked for me, but, uh, probably lost an additional like 20, 25 pounds, um, within that first year of, of Omaha F3. But so 2019 going into 2020, I actually found out we were pregnant with our first kid that January. And so, um, it became, you know, and with the pandemic happening, you're like all the uncertainty of safety within the the gloom. You know, a lot of guys um, were still going out, still still posting, which you know everybody has their own comfort zone of of what they did, their situation. Um, for me, it was like full lockdown, come back home. But what I loved is the move to Slack that we kind of relied on for that connection at that time, and I leaned in quite heavily of you know i think there was there was someone posting beatdowns every day uh we're like there, we were kind of changing it around each day of someone posting a beatdown that people can go out and i'd go out to uh where fancy feast is now that the football field and do the beatdown of the day or do some variation of a beatdown um uh, post my own name arama just to feel that connection with the pack so um, you know, I had kind of gotten lightning in a bottle and I didn't want to let it go. And, you know, that Slack, um, connection ended up being something that, um, allowed that connection to continue to take place. And I think I started posting again, I think April or May within the pandemic during that time. So I think my VQ is June at wild kingdom. Um, you know, once I started posting again, so, um, that was, you know, pandemic version one and then we get back into the winter of the following year version two with the matrix and um you know a few of us guys um you know newborn um, son had just been born in september and it was like again full lockdown mode so i was posting with uh, uh barn door and sergeant slaughter like uh and a couple downrange packs from kansas city and and iowa you know four or five times a week 
Um, I made up a, a modified Murph that we did on Mondays, which <laughs> actually worked pretty well. Um, but gosh, that first, you know, year and a half, I, that summer was great because I, I was posting all the time from what we knew of, you know, safety with COVID, but I relied heavily on the the virtual experience of Matrix and Slack um, up until um, that following spring. Um, man, t- having kids during all this stuff too, right? So, so I can identify with you there and I know Pony can and a lot of guys, but I don't know, what are your thoughts? Because like to me, I'll be like building good male relationships and then we'll have another kid and then it's like, it's the baby's fault that I can't maintain a good uh, relationship with, a, with yeah. other guys. But, but, <laughs> but then like, we know we're doing the right thing, right? We're good because we're focused on our M and our shorties. And, um, and what, where I've always found comfort is like every time I get back together in the gloom with guys and it doesn't really even matter who it just, we pick up where we left off. Um, but then I, I don't know. So what's been your experience having kids? How has the group maybe helped or what's been your, as you've yeah. been doing that? Gosh, in so many ways, right? Um, first thing that comes to mind is con- concentrica, right? Um, I think there's enough of the packs that are so passionate about their M, their 2.0s, that it's easy. You know, my resting rate is my, my concentrica, that that middle that middle ring. Um, if, I, if that's, if my home life is not in, in harmony and balance, nothing is in balance. And so that's uh, communication with my M and, um, you know, we've gone through all the different cycles of, of, you know, pre-kids and pregnancy and post-kids of sleep for her is important. And whether it's my alarm going off or whether it's um, the late stages of pregnancy and not sleeping anyway, or newborn kid and sleep being at a premium. Um, my priority has always been in connection with her. Like, how are you feeling? This is what I'm thinking for the week. This is what I want to do. Um, you know, we have a guest bedroom that sometimes I would go sleep in the guest bedroom so that, you know, part of those things were, were kind of out of the way. Um, the second thing that comes to mind is uh, cycles, right? So I know that you know the the each packs has has a different life scenario that they're in. There's some with older kids, some with no kids, some with young kids, and I think it's being comfortable with where you're at with the phase of life that you're in, with the cycle that you're in. I, I know it's not always going to be what it is right now for the last six months with a newborn, right? But the last six months, I only post on Tuesdays. And as much as that kills me to not be outside and seeing the guys and catching up with them and developing those relationships, um, you know, there's there's a handful of guys that are always reaching out being like, hey, you posted on Friday, you posted on Monday, miss seeing you out there. And at first it felt very like, um, I felt guilty. I felt like I had to be defensive about it. Um, but I kind of moved into just being honest of like, hey, you know, like, just can't make it work. Like it's Tuesdays for me for a while and I'm comfortable with that, but I, I really appreciate you reaching out and please continue to do that. Like it, it's helpful for me to know that you're thinking about me. And I think that that plays off of, you know, me feeling like I want to be that for other people too, of checking in um, within that. And, you know, obviously COVID was, uh, was very unique within that, but again, it's, it's, it's a cycle now looking back at it. It's, it's a moment in time that, it almost doesn't seem real at this point of all the things that we kind of went through. Um, but giving, you know, you said, right, you said a right pony, like giving yourself some grace in all the areas as a PAX, like not just as an FNG, but like, don't, don't make things that you are needing to do from a responsibility standpoint or the things that you're feeling right are the right decisions for you to prevent you from coming back out continuously. Like, whether you haven't posted in a month or three months or as much as you used to be, like keep coming out. People want to see you. People want to talk to you. We'll always be receiving you with open arms and, and there's no judgment again. So I think a lot of it is self-inflicted of, you know, people kind of fall off because they're not, they're not a plague posting four or five times a week or they're not a blades posting six, seven times a week or, um, you know, it's just everybody has a different story and we just we have to 
give ourselves grace and leaning into that. Man, I, I, I love that. I would, you know, you're offering encouragement here. I want to offer encouragement to you. I completely agree. I mean, I think that as long as you're taking care of like your primary centering, right? Like what you say is like, this is the highest value to me. Then everyone understands that, you know, I, I battled that plague battle that as well. You know, we both have wives that don't want us gone every single day. We have young kids, you know, I think Selick was on early, early on and said, Hey, I'm like close to a once a month or now. And, and that's perfectly okay. Right. Oh, Everyone's kind of got their own cycle that you're talking about. Um, and just knowing that it is kind of self-inflicted, that guilt that you're feeling like, sure, you want to be out there, but as, as long as you're hitting your, your priorities, I think that's the most important thing. So just one offer words of encouragement there. And I think what you said is, is perfect. Um, okay. Real quick pony too. I, I just want to throw in, right. We, we, so we talk about uh, high impact man and we talk about acceleration and I want to be clear that, that like the guy who's prioritizing his concentrica is still accelerating. He might be accelerating more than a guy who's prioritizing, you know, fitness over family. Right. Uh, yes. And then a high impact man, right. Is also like you're having a high impact on the relationships and closest proximity. So it, it's interesting because it's almost like, like we think a high impact man or someone who's accelerating is the one who posts the most or runs the most miles or because we can measure those things. But, mm -hmm. but truly reinvigorated male community leadership looks like a man being what his family needs him to be, um, which I, we forget that. And, it be, you know, because Slick's not posting a picture of him holding his newborn at three in the morning so that I can like it on Twitter. Um, doesn't, doesn't mean he's not having a higher impact and maybe accelerating more than, than the guys that are out there. So it's this, it's this weird uh, dynamic of like what you see and what you don't. And I've had to learn to get comfortable with like, I don't need it to be measured. Right. I, I don't need, I don't, you know, my most important things are the hardest to measure and and I'm getting more and more okay with that. Um, God, that's, that's such a good idea. You know, we should, we, we should really, start doing is posting your fart sack like what's your fart sack like what's your fart sack today like is it a 3 a.m holding your kid selfie is it you laying in bed like there's so many so many different variations of that right yeah i love that no it might not be appropriate yeah. if it's a heart sack, <laughs> no. no that's a great that's a great reminder plague um you know just as a follow-up here so like you had mentioned you know if you know, if your family is right, if you're, you know, you're feeling like it's in balance, um, then everything's going well. But if it gets out of balance or out of tweak a little bit, that's when start, you know, things start to shift or, or, or shake a little bit, get a little wobbly. You know, do you feel like that you personally do a good job of kind of taking some time to step back and assessing how things are going? Do you feel like you and your M have open lines of communication? Do you rely on something else like a shield lock or something that the group provides? I mean, or is it a combination of everything? Yeah, good question. Um, my my wife and I are um, kind of cut from the same cloth, which serves us well. Um, we're we're both very connected people, and I'd say we're learning how to communicate better. Even now, right? We've been together for for almost eight years now, and uh, it's an evolution. And even I'd say even more recently in the last few weeks, we're finding a different type of rhythm of communication, of deeper honesty and being more vulnerable about how we're each feeling. Like, what, what are you feeling? Uh, being more vulnerable and kind of asking some of the hard questions that, you know, we don't we don't go into. And I'd say also, like, I'm trying to do that with some of the guys I'm closer with, um, you know, whether it be F3 packs or just other male relationships that I have, it's like the, the ability to go deep is, is really reliant on your vulnerability within it. Like you're not going to get the same response or depth from someone else, unless you're kind of offering the space for someone to go there with you too. And so, um, I, I like to go deep quick with, with people. It's, it's hard for me to stay surface level. So I'll start asking, you know, the harder questions or the deeper questions are like, what keeps you up at night? Or, you know, what are you struggling through? And it's because I want people to do the same for me. Like I yearn for, for being able to express the things that I need to, to, to unload um, off of myself. And I'm really fortunate that I, there's been a, you know, a, 
a few packs that have um that have met me there and I, I joke about this with Yodel actually because he he approached me uh, maybe about a year ago asking about Shield Lock, um, and I I think that the Shield Lock is an incredible um, um, thing to be leaning into, and especially if you have the ability to do so. Um, and we talked about leaning into the unofficial official Shield Lock that. Um, I feel like there are a few guys that are part of a shield lock that is together that I'm really close with, but I'm not part of that shield lock. And then there's kind of a different, a couple other guys that I um, have gotten close with that we text often or check in on each other. Um, but I just don't have the ability to commit to um, kind of the the responsibility that comes with uh, being a good shield lock member. And so you know, Yodel's in the same kind of life stage as me. So I think that there's some um, synchronicity there too of just like understanding that the unofficial shield lock is just as good as, you know, kind of the official one too. So um, don't feel like you're missing out or that you're not getting what you need from it. You can kind of design it for what you, what you need out of it. I, I, I love the shield locks are fascinating to me because I've, um, I've changed my proximity, right? My physical location to the guys in, in my shield lock, which has impacted our ability to post. And um, so it's it's interesting, right? This idea of like the official, unofficial, or I think Rollbar in a episode a while back had just said there's there's kind of like the like the big uh, S shield lock that is like all of you know all of the F3 Omaha F3 Nation even is in is in that shield lock, and then there's like the smaller group. And um, I think it's it's really cool though that you self-aware enough to know where you're at and that you uh, it's something you desire but you maybe can't commit right now and like you said about cycles i think maybe you know it doesn't mean it's off the table i i do want to um kind of segue a little bit and uh so if if folks have not if folks are not uh following you online slick um well first they'll have to see you in the gloom and ask you what your real name is but uh, there is a blog out there, and I, as we as we kind of segue into faith, I want to read this, and I want to ask you if this is kind of your related to faith. And I've I've been I'm like you know a longtime reader, first time uh, meeting my my uh, celebrity here. But um, so you you wrote um, this uh, article, which is uh, one of my favorites that, you, that you've written so far. But it's uh, to my younger self. Um, and so, you know, you kind of talk about, um, well, I'll just read this. So this week I was gifted uh, with facing some shadowy parts of myself that I thought I had already brought into the light, as is typically the case. The life classrooms we signed up for in this incarnation are persistently wanting to extend the boundaries of understanding. We cycle through them in bigger and bigger ways to obtain wisdom that's more expansive each time. Uh, and I love the, that goes on and there's a lot about, uh, worthiness and really, really cool, um, writing. And so, so my question is, you know, is this related to faith for you? Cause I also see this as like, maybe even like some art form of just enjoying to write, but man, uh, I love, uh, what you're putting out there, but talk to me about faith and, um, and maybe the, the blog, if it's two separate things or, uh, but yeah, yeah. give me some thoughts. Ah. Uh. There's a lot there. Um, <clears throat> yes, related to faith. Uh, and we'll call it big F faith, right? Um, I myself came from a, a traditional Orthodox Christian upbringing, which, um, gosh, has, has served me so well, um, kind of taught me sacredness, um, taught me about just kind of divine connection. Um, but really over the past, you know, seven, eight years for myself, I've been on this kind of journey of wanting to understand my faith deeper because being in that kind of organized Christian religion, I still felt a yearning within it that um, uh, there was more there that, that I wanted to know more about. And a lot of this kind of reflection and insight has been more recent of finally coming into an understanding of um, 
kind of releasing attachment of things having to be this way or one way, because that's just not the way the world works, right? We are constantly given perspective that is completely different than ours. Um, whether that be religion, whether that be an upbringing, whether that be a family dynamic or experience with work. And so it all kind of translates for me of um, we yearn to be seen, we yearn for connection. Um, and it's really a coming home back into ourselves of not looking outside of ourselves for what God is, because, you know, a lot of the things that we hear and see and practice is a hierarchical way of thinking about religion where, um, you know, there is a God who will save me um, and I am not worthy to receive you, um, but you, you know, give down your blessing. And I want to challenge folks to, you know, maybe think a little bit differently about that because, um, what all the religions say is all the same song really is you are worthy. You are all, um, you know, a variation of what God is just a different, um, way of experiencing it. And then that power of being able to be worthy rests inside of you. Um, and I think that that feeling, that thought is something that brings me peace, brings me a lot of excitement as well, because, it feels like I've pulled all of this energy outside of me back into my body of, oh, I can operate from this place of knowing. I can operate from this place of connection. And the deeper I go, the closer I get to that divine experience, the more connections I create, the closer I get to this divine experience. Um, and, you know, it's it's kind of that concept where, yeah, I, I grew up a certain way in a certain family with certain things and certain people around me. And that's my life classroom, right? And that's very different than Tony's classroom or very different than uh, Plague's classroom. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that classroom's any better or worse. It's just different. And honoring those, those, those classrooms that each of us are going through, I think is really what religion is trying to, um, the pieces that is trying to connect that. Uh, I want to offer a different perspective on. Well, I, I think that's awesome. I, it, it does, you know, I do have a question for you and then it has to do with parenting or shorties or 2.0s. You know, my wife and I just celebrated a year of keeping a kid alive. And, and I, now the joke is, okay, he made it, a, made it a year. Now it's time to actually parent. You know, he's getting to the age where he's starting to understand the things we're saying. Are we, you know, resolving conflict appropriately? Are we introducing the right things? So my follow-up to you would be, how are you currently doing that with your kids? You know, with, mm -hmm. with what you just talked about in your aspect of faith and, and how you view that, how are you kind of shepherding or showing, you know, your children, your views or, or exposing them to those things? Yeah. Um, I want to offer a reframing of parenting even. Um, the collective consciousness of again hierarchy of how we lead our family or lead our kids i think is going through an evolution now too um, and i want to offer let's look at children as little humans who don't know how to use their bodies yet who don't know how to operate this system this bio suit that we're wearing um and so we try to approach our relationship with our with our children as a relationship with any of the packs, right? Like I see them as an adult within um, a small human's body that doesn't know how to deal with all of these emotions and doesn't know how um, boundaries work and doesn't know how the world works. And so when I shift into connecting on that level, it changes my relationship with them that's not top down. It's really seeing at their level and being connected at their level and what they're going through. Um, and so the practice of faith to me becomes kind of an everyday experience, right? Like them being, being seen by me, um, me honoring the feelings and emotions that are happening for them and helping shepherd or guide them through those in a way that I would want my father to guide me. 
you know, when I think about my relationship with my M or I think about relationship with close friends now, um, I, I almost view them as like, what would I do for Remy, my son? Like, how would I treat him in this, this moment? Like I can bring tenderness to it or I could bring, you know, past experiences of, how, you know, generational learnings of, of what was given to me that maybe isn't really what I needed or what I'm still trying to unpack myself that's caused so much friction in my life. And so, you know, the, the long answer is, I don't know what that looks like in five years and 10 years, but I think by offering them a view of the world that's more connected, that's not hierarchical, um, I'm excited to see kind of what that brings from a, a spiritual community and kind of bringing in more, uh, you know, vibration from, from that mindset. I think in just going back off, off where you started is um, kind of eliminating the, it should be this way or that way. And, and just like, you know, um, allowing for these different perspectives, something, something you said, um, too that I was I was just thinking through is um, some of the framework that you've outlined. I don't think it it doesn't require or sort of negate you from applying it if you do have some sort of specific re religious affiliation, right? Like I, I think just totally. as a you know as a man who's a who's a Christian, some of the practices you're you're outlining, I feel like um, I can benefit from and still maintain my my belief system and some of that structure too is just being maybe more mindful of uh, the yep. world around me. Cause when I, when I hear you talk about your faith, I get a sense of peace that, um, that I, I know is accessible through, you know, through what I believe to be my higher power, yep. but I refuse to surrender control most days. <laughs> and so then I don't access it. Right. So it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I, um, but man, I just, um, I love that you shared that. I, I do want to just commend you. You know, I think we're, we're tempted to fit in and then not share when we maybe find something that we do or believe or think differently. And, um, you know, I think some of what I, you know, I think just Midwest maybe in general, or maybe just our packs, right. There's a tendency, like well, there's a lot of guys that would identify as Christians and, um, so I appreciate you sharing just where you're at. And even if it's, um, you know, maybe not the, like, not what everybody else is doing. I think sometimes we do what everybody else is doing because nobody showed us a different way. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I really appreciate that, man. I, I am curious, you know, as you think about kind of the fitness fellowship of faith and then being a site queue, I mean, obviously I, I want to get your thoughts on um, leadership. I also really want to know how you came up with the selfie name Rama. I think that's a really cool thing that, um, promoted guys feeling included in that um like whether you were leading or just you know participant there um and then kind of how how um maybe some lessons from maybe the leadership experience that translated to life or maybe some things from life that kind of vice versa so i don't know if you have any thoughts on that space yeah um i will say what's the how's the saying go uh um genius is born from necessity is that the saying right like um, selfie name Arama. Um, it was my first week after the shovel flag pass. I was queuing and uh, I go to do selfie name Arama, and I had my phone that was on top of my car when I drove away the week before with a shattered um, video camera on the back that I go to record and I go, oh man, I, I literally can't use the camera. Yeah, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, and so I had to I had to use the selfie camera because that's the only camera I had. So I went around the circle with the selfie and that's actually not what made it stick. Um, so I did that and the next week, Gator cued. And he's like, oh no, I'm, I'm doing the selfie name Arama because that's what you did last week. And I was like, oh, nice man. And it was really, it was really because of him that the selfie name Rama was, was born. So hat tip to, to Gator and leaning in there. Um, so that's, that's kind of a fun um, aspect of Trident that wasn't there before me with Roadhouse, but, and we even told Kilbasa too, like, Hey, you don't, 
that's not something that you need to carry forward to. Like it's your site now, you do what you want. So, you know, I grew up playing baseball, football, um, being on teams with great leaders and I've always been kind of looked up to people who could lead well. Um, I've managed people over time in my, in my career as well, but I think that my leadership style has transitioned quite a bit in the last even like two years as well of, you know, we talk about servant leadership as being kind of a great model to lean into. Um, but to me, what servant leadership really actually means is just meeting people where they are. Um, and if you just, if you take a, if you're not a leader or you're looking to be a leader or you're not sure if you're a leader, um, if you're the way you connect with other people in your life is meeting and not judging people with where they're operating from. Um, I think that that's kind of just the secret sauce into people feeling comfortable to be themselves, whether it's around you or, um, at a, at a place like Trident. Um, so maybe that's a different way of thinking about that certain leadership. Like let's just meet each other where, where we're at and try to relinquish that judgment. Would you say so? Um, sorry, and we could we could probably talk for hours on this, but curious your thoughts because I where I, I I totally agree where I have found myself challenged with that approach is then the moment I I need to give somebody feedback or like <laughs> give them some direction. But I heard you say earlier, um, I was kind of paying attention to your words, and I and I heard you say I would I would like to offer. So kind of this approach of, of when you do give feedback or a suggestion, I don't know, is it using sort of select words to make make sure yeah. that it's, I don't know, what, how do you give feedback with that model? Um, everybody wants a choice, right? Like at the end of the day, people don't want to be told what to do. Um, and like people aren't going to operate from authenticity when they're not choosing it for themselves either, which, you know, when you think about corporate world or being a manager in corporate environments, that gets really tough because you have metrics and you have performance and you have um, things to do within that. But maybe it doesn't still need to be that way. It's still a choice. It's still an offering of, of, Hey, I'm seeing this. I think that you could potentially lean in in these ways. And um, maybe it's just a, and this is new for myself too, because I've stepped back from being in a manager role um, since moving into my new career. And I think part of it was because um, I wasn't happy with how I was managing. I wasn't feeling like I was uh, really optimizing or or breaking through or feeling like I was connected in the way that I wanted to be. And I, I think, you know, I was even thinking today before you know, coming on here, if, if this topic came up of maybe this is offering a, a new different type of cycle of, of leadership for me as, um, you know, leading people in certain ways of testing out the, um, you know, meeting people where they are and seeing how that goes. I love that. Well, I'll be, I'll be paying attention to the blog. I'm hoping that uh, you'll, when you solve that one, I want to <laughs> read it. No, I, I love it. I do think, you know, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to what you said earlier of like, if, if we're allowing uh, life to happen without our control, then maybe we are more flexible with trying new approaches, right? And not not sort of expecting a certain outcome, right? Because we're just trying, you know, we're just we're more maybe more flexible that way. I'll, I'll have to try that. I've not historically been the most flexible uh, minded person. Um, curious then, you know, because I think what um, what I'm always hoping to hear a guy say is like, you know, I didn't know how to lead and then I became a site queue and being a site queue taught me everything I need to know about leadership. Uh, I don't know if that happens, but um, tell me about your experience being a, a site queue. What, what did you enjoy? What uh, maybe could we, could we be doing better or any, any experience or learnings from that? Yeah. I, I think I've talked about this with Roadhouse um, and, and Kobasa, maybe a few others who've been site queues, but I feel like there's like an arc of, being a site queue where, um, and, and I think it has to do with maybe the, uh, the environment of you taking the shovel flag over. I think for me, I felt a lot of pressure being the second one, like not the, the one who launched it, but the one that comes after the one who launched it of, you know, maybe paying a little bit too much attention to numbers or, 
trying to figure out like what what is my identity within something that was created based off of this person who launched it. Um, and I feel like the first six months was kind of a feeling it out, not really sure. And like really the last six months, I, I felt like I started to hit my stride and really embrace just being what it felt like I wanted it to be. Um, you know, I, I think just welcoming people, I think the commitment of a year of owning that site offers a lot of fear portals to go through, right? Like you got to constantly um, kind of put yourself out there. You got to reach out to guys. You got to show up consistently every week. Um, can't fart sack. And no matter what's going on in life, whether you're, you have a newborn or you um, have chaos going on in your life, like there's an expectation of, of leading that site and, and being at the helm. And I really appreciate it. I think that um, my reservations when Roadhouse asked me was for a lot of those reasons, but more so just like the commitment of a year and the uncertainty that comes with that. Um, but the amount that I, I think the resilience that I formed from having that responsibility um, really allowed me to step into a lot of these other areas of my life that um, seemed to be more in flow for me. So uh, I want to thank Roadhouse too. Like there was a couple of times that I just kind of bent his ear. Um, you know, I think it was last summer, probably a couple months in and numbers were, you know, a lot lower than they had been. We had like our core group of, you know, five to seven guys that always post there, but, you know, people were going to site launches, to VQs, kind of being pulled with the expansion. And he was like, just let it be what it's going to be. You can't, you literally can't control it. And that was the best advice he could give to me is, you know, you, you're not going to do anything that's that's going to change that dynamic. You know, I, I applaud folks who who do lean into that, like what's happening at Wild Kingdom with the different themes per month, I, I think is awesome from Ketchup. Um, so I think that there are ways that you can make it your own, um, but don't put too much pressure on yourself. Like um, you're going to learn a lot and it's going to be different from each guy and the wisdom that comes with it. But um, doing anything for a year that consistently has got to, it's got to give you something, right? Yeah, I think that's great advice. I mean, I went through similar stuff with Woodshed. It's hard to remove the ego aspect, right, that comes with it. We had opened an additional site over at Breakyard. Numbers started dwindling. Like, well, what is that saying about my leadership? Oh, and then, right. you know, to Roadhouse's credit and to what you just said, nothing, right? I mean, you just kind of, kind of let it run its course and. Sure, you can do things like you were doing, reach out to guys, getting VQ schedules, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's it's not about you and your leadership. It's about keeping the site alive and making sure and you're preserving it for the next person. So with that being said, you know, let's let's briefly hit on successorship and what that right. looked like for you, kind of identifying someone and and how you went about it. Yeah. Um it's kind of the story I told at the at the flag pass too. Um I, I think it was the night before a workout in December. So a couple months before the pass was coming and I had the realization, I'm like, oh, I need to start thinking about who could potentially be on a short list of people that could take over the site. And, uh, I showed up the next day and I think I spent, you know, 80 to 90% of the workout partnered up with or running with Kilbasa and, just getting to know him better and asking questions. And I left that workout being like, it's him if he wants it. And it's, and I, I told, I said it in my, in my COT at the, at the past, I was like, it was always you. It was always you, man. Um, and, you know, obviously I, I talked to Tater and, and Roadhouse um, a couple weeks after that about, you know, approaching him specifically and they were like, I think it's perfect because Roadhouse said, um, that's that's kind of the mindset I have when I asked you is who is who is someone that needs to post? Who is someone that needs the the weekly commitment to 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 be there? And it really did offer me that consistency. I don't know if I would have posted the one time a week that I'm posting if I didn't have that that site cue. Um, and so I I kind of said that to I sent him a text. I said, no pressure, you know, like, um, I, I want it to be you. I know that there's probably a range of emotions that you're feeling with me reaching out. 
um, you know, whatever decision you make is totally acceptable. Uh, but give it, you know, a couple of weeks and maybe think about it and come to the conclusion you want to. And again, you choose, you let me know. Um, I'll definitely go a different direction and no love lost if not. And uh, yeah, he was, he was bought in. He, he pretty much confirmed it with that text back to me, but gave him some space to kind of just consider it a little bit more. And um, it was always him. Man, I, I love that. that. It was always you. It was always him. That's really cool. Um, and cool that, you know, I think um, it's fun to hear different strategies for how we how we choose successors. You know, there's kind of this idea of like, is a guy ready? And, you know, it's like, well, are any of us ever ready? Uh, you know, it's like, I, I know I was never ready. I think um, wait time just didn't want to say no because he knew I'd keep asking. But anyway, I, I did. Um, so this is a new question uh, that we haven't asked anybody yet, but it came up uh during the five-year anniversary in the COT that, that Wait Time and Tater did. Um, and so the question is, uh, what's something that, um, so what did you think was important when you started F3? Uh, and what do you realize now that's maybe more important uh, today after being in the group for a while? What I thought was important was fitting in. What I know is important now is being what I am authentically, um, you know, and that's within F3 Omaha. I think that's in, uh, that's in, in life in general, the more you can be operating from, you know, what your true authentic self is, the happier you're going to be. And I think the, the, the change over there is like wanting to be accepted versus starting to put myself out there a little bit more like, um, you know, unconven unconventional ways to pray us out, which I felt really uncomfortable doing for a while and trying to figure out a way to not wrap a specific faith element into it, but still have that essence or um, be vulnerable in COTs, right? Like, I found that the more vulnerable I was, the more people were meeting me in that place of, 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 of expression. So whatever you're wanting to say, whatever you're wanting to feel, whatever you're wanting to do, um, those fear portals are there to just go through them. There's no skill needed. There's no knowledge need to be gained. You going through it alone is enough to come out the other side. Man, I, um, uh... I really appreciate you being you. Um, you know, we haven't had a, a lot of opportunities to to talk outside of this forum, but I really appreciate the way you just think about things. It's, you know, you've got a unique perspective on on things, and and I've learned a lot just in this brief period of time. And I encourage other guys to continue to reach out to you, um, and want to thank you for for taking the time to meet with us and kind of offer up your story here. Um, you know, before we kind of close out here, I guess. You know, is there anything that we should be praying for you for words of encouragement if we see you out in the gloom? Anything that's weighing on your heart that that we haven't covered yet? Um, yeah, I think uh, I think the uh, the need for courage is something that is uh, it's still hard, even though we practice it, right? Like, um, others may, may relate to that, but as, as put together, as you think that someone else is like, there's massive amounts of uncertainty that we're each going through. And, and every week, every day, I feel like I'm facing that for myself. So, um, anybody that can offer space of, um, courage for me and in, in all the ways I think is really helpful. Um, I'll also say like, I love gaining wisdom from others who, have had kids who are in the same phase, who are struggling. Like I try to be as honest as I can about like the ups and downs of being a father or being a, of being a, a person raising kids. Um, so I'm always open for a conversation. There's probably like a, a Q source space that we can create for, for um, those raising kids that could, um, you know, especially fatherhood too, it, it offers so many different things that you have to face once um, you start going through it. So um, wish us luck and I'll take any amount of advice or wisdom that 
um, you know, both of you have or anybody else. Man, I love that. I think you just gave us our next brilliant idea for, for QSource. Maybe we, you know, we take one element of the concentrica and we focus in, you know, um, I love that because it almost creates a mini shield lock around that. But no, no. I'll be thinking about you. I, I don't know. My goal with kids, man, is just um, somehow they can't be as selfish as I am. Right. When they when they grow up, they got to, have you know, shed a little bit of the, the selfishness uh, that I have. And maybe it's just being aware, um, you know, of yourself and, and where you're at. But I do want to encourage guys, um, if you uh, see Slick out in the gloom, ask him about his blog. Um, if you know his real name, uh, you'll hear it here in a minute when we do Namorama. But but you guys should uh, check out his blog, I think. Um, more insights on several topics that we that we that we touched on here but more in depth and uh, you'll get an even deeper look into this man's heart uh, and his mind a little bit and just how he's processing the world which I think um, I'm inspired uh, by slick so just appreciate your time and you sharing your story man and um, yeah this has been this has been really great I, I don't know about you but I feel uh, my elevator mood elevator is lifted. Uh, so, um, uh, anything else before we do Namorama? Anything else come to mind or stories you want to share? Or... Uh, I think just again, thank you guys. Like this isn't uh, this is a unique thing, and you guys have to put yourself out out there often. And um, just to, just I really appreciate the space. Yeah, man. All right, I'll uh, start us off with a little Namorama. All right, Brandon Fleharty, thirty-seven, the plague. Plague. Ah. John Wilbur, 31, Pony Express. Pony, nay! This is Rob Snarskis, 37, Slick. Slick. Thank you, brother. The hair slicked back, looking 